Would you like to hear the word of God? Yes. Yes. Hooray. Hello, good morning. So this morning, I feel like my, uh, my preach is kind of different to my normal style. I was led in a different direction. And you might be surprised. I normally have loads of slides and loads of scriptures. And I've only got two scriptures today. And I've only got nine slides, which is quite unlike me. And I'm, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. And typically the Holy Spirit, you, you talk about power and strength. We've got things like the pe- Pentecost and the Holy Spirit was there at the creation of the world. He's in the Old Testament, the New Testament. And you get sort of enemies like this. <laughs> Thank you. As human beings, we are given super strength. But that's not what I'm talking about today. We'll get rid of that. I think what I'm trying to get across today is when, well, when I was preparing for this word, um, I explored things like the power of the Holy Spirit, etc. And every time I sort of tried to go down an avenue like that, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, no, that's not what I want you to bring. No, that's not what you would want you to bring. And then um, eventually I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, tell them about me. Tell them about me. And that's, I think what, I need, what I'm going to try and share today is about the relationship. Not about the stuff, not about the power. It's about that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that's not something you can, it's not a, it's not a head knowledge. It's a heart knowledge. And that's what I, I'm going to try and convey this morning. So I'll be sharing a few stories. So this picture, pictures, it's from 2003. Um, I went potholing, caving. And this is um, Swildon's Hole. Has anyone? Yes. There's one person. There's only one person. I'd recommend it. I was a bit younger than I am now. Um, and the, the picture on the left, that's actually the entrance, believe it or not. So it's not your sort of traditional cave entrance. And it, it's just like a tight manhole cover. And it, it gets worse, really. That, that's just the beginning. That, that centre picture is my brother. I, sh- I put that picture up because it's, it kind of shows a constriction there. And the one on the right is, is me. Um, in that picture, I've got hair, but unfortunately, you can't see it. <laughs> Shame. Um, and digital cameras were in their infancy. Um, this, this camera, um, it was 0.2 megapixels. Ooh. So, anyway, I should get on with the story, really. Um, we went down this, this, this cave, and you're given a safety talk, obviously. You're going down into the earth. And the guy says, if you have an accident, help is a long way away. You're not just going to call an ambulance to help you out. You're down very tight spaces, hours of climbing um, into the cave. So... Be careful, was his message. Don't be daft. And so we, we went down. There were no accidents. It was great. And we went down to Sump 1, if that means anything to anybody. Sump, a sump is where the passage um, goes underwater briefly, and you actually have to go underwater to continue. That's as far as we got. We didn't go any further than that. There was one person in our group that did go under and then came back again, but we just watched. 
Um, and then we went, we climbed back up, and it was you're sort of climbing through waterfalls. It's just, it's just cool, if you like that sort of thing. Um, and I'm halfway up, and I'm not talking about God to anybody. I'm not praying. I'm not thinking about God. And then halfway, I'm just doing, I'm just doing the caving experience, and suddenly, the presence of God is really, really powerfully with me. And I have no idea, even to this day, why God just suddenly decided to turn up and say hello. But it was, it was literally, suddenly, boom, the Holy Spirit was there. And this really struck me because down a cave, there's no modern communication. Your mobile phone doesn't work. No one's installed a telephone line down the bottom of the cave. So if... You're out of contact from the world. But God turned up and his Holy Spirit was just like, pow, there. And that, I've always found that really profound, that I don't think we could go to anywhere in the whole universe. We could step outside the Milky Way. God will be with us. And there's a, there's a real, excuse the pun, a depth to that. There's a real depth to God connecting with us in anywhere. And our mobile phones are unreliable even if we're here um, in the middle of a city. We might lose, a conne- lose connection. Our batteries might go flat. But the Holy Spirit, he's outside of all that. And we never lose our connection to the Holy Spirit as long as we are pursuing him. So continuing the, the theme and the idea of having a relationship with God. This, is, uh, this picture was taken two weeks ago. This is about 7 a.m. And this is, I, sort of, I deliberately took this picture for the purposes of showing you guys. Um, how where does it show up? So it's dark. I put the flash on to get my face to, sh- to show up. But I'm basically walking my dog in some local fields. And it's dark. It's winter. It's cold. The mud is squelching under my feet. Um, why am I doing this? Why would anyone do this? I mean, I, I don't have to walk my dog into the, the fields in the mornings. I could just take her for a quick ball throw just to the local patch of grass, throw a few balls for 10 minutes. That will wear out. That, that's, she, she's good for a few hours. But I choose not to do it. This is, by the way, this is not weekends. This is, I don't have to get up at 7 o'clock at the weekends. This is midweek stuff. Why do I do this? Why do I choose to get up extra early? I have to get up about 6.30 to do this. Why do I choose to get up six, at 6.30 to walk in a muddy field with my dog? It's not for the sake of the dog, actually, I have to say. And I, I know that there will be people among us who, who would actually get a kick out of getting up out of bed and going to a muddy field. Let me assure you, I'm not one of those people. I like my bed. Now, the reason I'm sharing this is because it's a way of carving out just a bit of time in the day to spend time with God. Because our lives are busy, aren't they? And once I, just, once I get into work mode, I'm just thinking work, 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 and it's hard to connect with God. But no, I would choose to get out of bed a little bit earlier and go and, and, go and do this. And there's lots of reasons to connect with God, isn't there? There's 
Uh, we can petition him. We pray. Um, we might have a good time, and we better hear from him prophetically. Um, and of course, like that Superman image, we are empowered by spending time in God's presence. And all of those are good reasons to do it. And all of those reasons are the reasons that I do that. But I'd say the primary re- reason is that relationship with God. Just to spend time with my Lord and my Savior and just to have that connection. And I realized that I've actually transitioned from being parented by my mother, then the teenage years, and I've realized my relationship with God is such that I'm being parented now by God. Oh, I missed that picture. That's what the field looks like in the daytime. It's quite nice in the daytime. Yeah, I realized that God is, God is pe- now my dad. And if you've ever heard Jerida speak about God, she's, she calls God her daddy. And I think that's absolutely right. I'm being daddied by God. And there's a real depth and intimacy there. And my earthly father, um, he wasn't around. He, uh, he left when I was two. Um, so I didn't have a father. So I recognized that often our earthly fathers kind of can, can shape our, th- our thinking about how our heavenly father is. But as I've journeyed in that relationship with God, God the Father, he, he is beautiful. He's absolutely a perfect God. And if, you, if your relationship with God hasn't got to that stage yet, I just encourage you to trust Trust God in that. And if you think about the way when we're a child and we become a teenager, we're, we're rejecting our parents, and it's a natural process. But part of that process is a pride. We're like, hang on, mum and dad. I'm old enough now to have my own life. I know how to do it. And, of course, you watch the teenagers and you go, do you know how to do it? Are you sure? And then, of course, we become adults and we do become better at running our lives. But if we submit ourselves to a heavenly father, there's a humbling in that. Submission to his wisdom. Because he created the place. So he's kind of wiser than us. And if we're able to submit our lives in a deeper way to his, his parenting he can really, it allows him to parent us, and, but we have to be humble in doing that and uh, releasing our hearts to him. So I'd encourage you just to, to go further and pursue God in that. I've been doing all that from memory. I've got to find myself in the notes now. Yeah. So I've got a Bible verse here. This is John 15. Jesus speaking. And if you, we'll read this in a second. It's, it's kind of an invitation of who we can be in God. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I have learned from the Father, I have made known to you. Do you see that? It's, it, I've been talking a lot about myself, but it's not about me. 
It's about the fact that this friendship of God, this relationship of God is actually open to every single person in this room, every person on the planet. There's an invitation with that to have that intimacy and to be parented by God. And it is, it's about us to pursue that relationship. The invitation is there, it's us to have to pursue it. Right, I'm going to move on now, and I'm going to read um, an extract from Revelation 21. And it's the description of heaven. Now, I'm not going to put the words on the screen, I'm going to read it to you. But as I read it, I've deliberately chosen a passage, it's Revelation uh, 11 to 21. This passage that I'm about to read misses something out. I haven't taken anything out of the passage I'm going to read, but it, it misses something. And as I read it, have a think about what that missing thing might be. So Revelation 21, this is a description of heaven. Its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel talked with me, but that the angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. The city was laid out like a square, as long as it is wide. He measured the city with a rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length, as it was wide, as high, and long, as it is long. The angel measured the wall using human measurement, and it was 144 cubits thick. The wall was made of jasper, the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, and the eleventh uh, jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made from a single pole. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent gold. Wow. That does sound pretty awesome. What's missing? Yeah, close. Anyone else? What's... Holy Spirit, yeah. Holy Spirit, basically, this is the physical description of heaven, isn't it? There's no mention of community. There's no mention of God in this section. It's just the physical. Uh, and don't worry, I'm going to read the, the sort of God bit in a bit. I don't want to leave that out. It's too good. If that was heaven, I wouldn't want to go there. I don't care how much gold there is, how awesome it is, how amazing the, the pearly gates are. I'm not interested in that. That's kind of, an, kind of an accessory. What I'm interested in 
is the fact that God is there. I would rather spend eternity in a cardboard box if Jesus was with me than I would there without God. Has anyone noticed this pizza over here? Anybody feeling hungry? Maybe you thought it was left over from uh, the youth on Friday and maybe someone forgot to give it away, but actually it is a prop of mine. Imagine if you're really hungry and in here it's your favourite yummy pizza. Can you just can you just picture that in your mind's eye? And then uh, what if you were to open the box and there's no pizza? How disappointing is that? This is the box is heaven. The pizza is God. Can you imagine God? Uh, imagine heaven without God. It's the same as the box without pizza. To me, there's, there's no value in it. Psalm 84 says it really, really beautifully. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And then jump into verse 10. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. There's something about the presence of God that is of the utmost importance and that, that relationship. So as promised, I'm going to read the, uh, the bit of Revelation 21 that I missed. This is, the, this is the good bit. This is the relationship bit. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. So we're going to pause there. There's a real imagery of marriage there. You've got husband and bride mentioned here, talking about a real connection, a real relationship there. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Wow. Doesn't that sound really, really amazing? That's the bit I'm looking forward to. So, as I said, the, the Bible has uses um, marriage a lot in its imagery in our relationship with God. Um, and the church is the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. And in heaven, there is going to be a wedding feast, but we're not there yet. So in effect, the now, it's kind of like the engagement time. We're, kind of in, we're engaged to God. And when we get to heaven, we'll be in full union with God. God will dwell with us. Now, 
When you see people fall in love, first of all, they date, and they gaze into each, other, each other's eyes, don't they? And they're in love. And then they get engaged. And during that engagement period, they build and they build and they build on that relationship. They don't see each other once a week on a Sunday. They spend time, apart from planning the wedding together, of course, they spend time in that relationship, getting to know each other in a deeper and deeper way. And that's, that's the imitation of God. We're invited to get to know God now. Eternity, eternity starts now. It doesn't start when we're in heaven. That relationship with God starts now. And the invitation to go deep with God is here today. So I've been, I've been talking about intimacy. Have you noticed? That's kind of what I've been speaking about the whole time. I'm now going to do a kind of 90-degree turn. And I'm just going to bring in the subject of hell. You see, by default, human beings, we're sinners. Had you noticed? We're not very good at being holy. And by default, we deserve to go to hell for all eternity. And by default, unless we change the trajectory of our lives, that's exactly where we'll be going. But there's an invitation of God, and there's a solution of God. And it is simply this, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he came to earth, and he died on that cross for our sins. And then three days later, he rose again, and he's now with the Father. And through Jesus Christ, we can be liberated, we can be freed from our sins. And we can change the trajectory of where we're going, heading to hell. We can change that, and we can head to heaven. Um, but it's our choice. It's our choice to change that trajectory. The invitation is there. It's for us to make that relationship, to make that decision, to move forward with God. Can I ask the, the band to come back? And can I also ask, can you all stand for me, please? I want to put out two invitations. And as the band um, start to play, we're kind of missing somebody, but <laughs> as they start to play, um, I feel it's right to give two invitations this morning. First invitation is maybe... Maybe you've seen church, you've seen the Bible, you've seen the nice people that come to church, and they, it's, it's kind of like a box to you. It's like, okay, it's interesting, yeah, that's nice. Have you ever opened your heart to Jesus Christ? Have you ever initiated that relationship with God? I'd like to put forward the invitation that if you've never Ask Jesus into your hearts. If you've never opened up your heart and said, yes, Jesus, I'd like you in there. Would you please come forwards and people will pray for you. And the second invitation is 
hopefully I've got across this morning how important it is that we have Jesus Christ in our hearts. It is of vital importance. It's of eternal importance. And maybe, maybe we've not put God as number one in our lives. Maybe we've been putting other things as number one in our lives. If you recognize that this morning and you know it's right to put Jesus Christ as number one in your life, invitation two is would you also come forwards? I think the word is repentance, really. That's the word I was guessing as I began this. Just repent of not putting Jesus first. Because he demands that. You read the scriptures, you read the Bible. He says he needs to be number one. And if you want to, if you want to change that heart attitude this morning and go, you know what, Jesus? I'm putting you as number one in my heart. Then I also invite you to come forward. So as we, uh, as we start to worship, don't be, um, don't be scared of the people. Be brave. If you want to come forward, come forward. Dave.